are listening to the 99% Healthy Podcast. Hello. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the 99% Healthy Podcast with Bobby and Michelle. Hi, I'm Bobby. (laughs) You're so funny. Episode 11, we are here. Episode 11. You know, I read somewhere, or actually I heard um, on another podcast that I was listening to last week, that if you can make it past seven episodes, you are more likely to be successful. So look at us. Hey, we're keeping we're keeping the streak going. We are. We are. It. So if you guys are enjoying the podcast, please come and give us some love. You can find us um, on all the all the net all the what do you call them networks i don't even know sure wherever you get your podcast <laughs> wherever so you, you get you your podcast on apple music spotify anchor overcast uh google podcast i was just gonna say we're google. all there we're and there. if while you're there do us a favor and give us that five-star review that would really help us in getting some more folks so we can share this great great podcast with everyone. Yeah, the feedback that we have been getting has been amazing. I love getting messages from my friends every day and from strangers as well. It's been really cool to get the feedback. Um, And if you want to leave us some feedback, please go to 99percenthealthy.com. That's 99percenthealthy.com. And you can click on the Tell Michelle tab and you can send us your feedback. Send us ideas for for future show uh, ideas that you have. What do you want to hear us talk about? We would love to hear your feedback. But yeah, help us grow because we need those five-star reviews to, in order to grow. So we will look forward to that. Bobby, are you still having a good time doing this? I am. I am. It's a it's a fun, fun time. I'm always a little apprehensive of what you're going to spring on me. <laughs> so, so there's always a bit of trepidation as we get started. Just a little bit. I would like to keep you on your toes, though. Okay. So, Bobby, as I start off almost all of our podcasts, tell me what is the healthiest thing that you did this week? Oh, the healthiest thing I did. You actually did a lot of healthy things this week. I'm super proud of you. But go ahead. You I tell did. me well, what I, you I think. mean, not to sound like a broken record, we we continued on my fasting uh, this week. Um, fasted all the weekdays. Um, so that was pretty good. And then um, I didn't fast this weekend uh, just because ah, I was craving, craving some breakfast. That's okay. Balance, so, right? Yeah. Balance. 99%. 99%. Yeah. So that was, that was pretty good. And then uh, this week was... Some smart food choices. So when you're breaking fast, it wasn't eating garbage. Uh, so I, I had more salad, some soup mixed in there this week. Um, smarter dinners. We had we made we made a lot of chicken this week. We did make a lot of chicken this week. We made a lot of chicken. We had grilled chicken, uh, marinated grilled chicken. What else did we had? We had the sliced thing. The sliced thing. Yeah, that sliced chicken we made too, didn't we? Oh, I don't remember. That you brought like home a, a rotisserie chicken yesterday. Brought home a rotisserie chicken yesterday from. Oh, yeah, and I made uh, cilantro lime chicken thighs. We we had a whole lot of chicken happening in our lives this week. That's okay, though. Chicken's good. Yeah, it was good. So it was, you know, protein-heavy and having salads when we can. Oh, I had that good Thai salad, too. Yeah. That was lunch the other day. So Bobby and I subscribe to a food delivery service that's local here where we live, and they deliver soups, salads, entrees right to your door. Everything is locally sourced. It's like farm-to-table stuff, and it's fantastic. And now I've got him on the salad train. I have these salads. I get four or five of them delivered, and now he's enjoying these salads as well. So we love this food service. Right. I mean, it's it's easy to make a salad when you're preparing it for, like, you know, at least two people or more. But to have that, like, fully complete salad that's, like, a fully thought out type of 
style, right? So the one, my favorite that I had this week was a, a peanut Thai dressing salad. And it was great. It had grilled chicken thighs, boneless chicken thighs in it with a spring mix, a delicious Thai peanut dressing. It had mango in it, it and had edamame, It had mango right? slices, edamame. Um, oh, and it had, um, oh, it had um, crispies, little um, like um, noodle strips. Oh, really? Noodle strips, yeah. Thai, I didn't thai see noodle that strips. There. See, the thing that I love about these salads is that you, when we select them, we there's like I don't know six or seven different varieties that you can choose from, and some are some have meat in them, some do not. They and they're, the, but the ingredients seem to go together, and so when we select them. The, I love the variety because when I go to the grocery store, you know, when I buy stuff for a salad, if I'm making the salad at home myself, you know, I tend to make the salad the same every single time because, you know, who's going to go buy all of those ingredients to make all those different varieties of salads? So right, you tend to like buy for the type of salad you're consuming at that period of time. Well, like let's it face be it, seasonal, it's right? it's like usually for us, it's like, you know, it's like you got it. some spring mix and then you throw in a cucumber, a tomato, maybe a pepper if you have it, some croutons. Yeah. and. And that's about like as creative as you get. But these salads are yeah. like crafted salads, and they're they're delicious. Yeah, so I think that kind of rounds up the, <laughs> the healthy focus of this week for me. Yeah, that that's that's about it. That's about as, that's as about healthy it. as you got. Yeah. Let me ask you a question about when you were talking about breaking your fast, because yeah. that's a conversation I actually had with one of my clients this week, and we talked about um, she's new to fasting, and and she said she was struggling with um, breaking her fast, and it seemed to be like hard on her body. With and I, I asked her, "What are you breaking your fast with?" So when you break your fast, what what do you tend? Have you like experimented and found something that works better than something else? Well, uh, what I think works in general, as a general thing, it's just a proper meal. It's not breaking your fast with either some specific piece of junk or just something you have on hand. Right. So that's the first part of it. So normally, when I'm breaking my fast, it's somewhere between the 11 and 1 o'clock hour. And how and, many hours and, fasted are you it's, by that? It's, it's a, just a straight you know choice to go have lunch. Um, it would be 16 hours. 16 hours. Yeah. Okay. Because I find for myself, if I'm fasting longer than 18 hours and I get into the creep into that 20 hour range, if I eat something too fast or I don't eat the right food, it it goes right through me. So like I pretty much need to be really careful with how I break my fast. I need to maybe start with a snack or, you know, something small first to kind of like wake my stomach up and then I can have something bigger but nutritious later because I really do believe that what you break your fast with matters and we didn't talk about that in our fasting episode back when we talked right. about that but it, it definitely matters what you break your fast with yeah but you're you're pro level fasting and um um beginner level fasting and that's so okay there we go There's and I think I think that's great though because you learn as you go your body talks to you right so like if your body's not going to be happy with what you break your fast with it's going to tell you it's going right. to signal it to you so like I know for me like usually if I have you know a couple of olives or a slice of cheese or something to start right. and then I'll you know, have my meal a little bit later. So I have to just be mindful of that. And your body talks to you and tells you those things. Yeah. And I'll throw this fasting, you know, tip out there. I found that um, sometimes you feel like towards the end of your fasting window where mine might be like the 10 o'clock hour. And then I'll find that I get myself occupied and engaged in something that it makes it much easier to get to that finish line of the end of that fast. And sometimes I'll cross that fast, but I'm so busy doing things. I'm engaged in, you know, work endeavors and I'll go an extra hour, 90 minutes Yay. after that, you know, fasting, that hard window. Um, 
ended. So those are, you know, those are some things that you can kind of do with yourself. So if you can plan the end of your fast around certain activities, yeah. that can that can make it easier for you to complete if you find you know, the ending of the fasting period to be the hardest for you. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great tip there. Great tip. It's, and that's why I love it, because it works with everybody's lifestyle. No matter if you're a shift worker or, you know, you, you're working in an office or you can make it work for you no matter what. And I I thank you for telling me that and and uh, calling me an expert level faster that that really just meant so much to me. <laughs> if you are out there and you're listening and you have questions on fasting, please send me a message. I would love to coach you on that. That's what I do. And um, I I just, I love helping people with it. I love helping people find solutions to things. Yeah. Anchor.fm slash 99% healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Anchor FM. Yeah, that's what it is, right? Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> 99% healthy. <laughs> I, miss, I messed up my own podcast name. <laughs> Anchor.fm slash 99% healthy. Or you can go to the website and click on Tell Michelle. I feel like that's the easier one. 99% healthy.com. Okay. Are you, what's happening? Okay. So something cool I wanted to expand on that we talked about last week because we were talking about how you have started to fancy almond milk over regular cow's milk. And I thought about that a lot after that episode and we talked about yeah, it last it wasn't week. too long ago was it last week it, it might have been last week yeah. but the, I've, uh, I've essentially replaced any milk that i consume and now my half and half with just almond milk amazing do you feel different um i don't I, it's hard to say i mean not like anything was it a hard major was it a hard transition for you no it wasn't it was kind of mental it was it was not as difficult as I thought it was going to be. That's awesome. Um, you know, I would say that what made it um, a bit easier, particularly for the coffee in the morning, was the frother. Oh yes, the new milk frother that we have. Right. So it heats up and then froths the almond milk, and that just adds so much more you know character and airiness to that morning cup of coffee. And you feel like you're like getting a like. Like a coffee shop drink, and it looks oh, like yeah. it too. Absolutely, and and it's just that one little change. So that's kind of yeah. cool. So e- even in even in the large to go thermos that I'll I'll normally use as well, it's just like it's perfect. It's that's perfect. great. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and it got me thinking. And then so a couple of days later, you and I were I don't know you were in the bathroom getting ready. You had a podcast on. You were doing stuff, and I happened to be walking by. And the guys on this podcast, I don't know if you what's the name of that podcast that. I was- I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I don't remember which one I was. Oh, uh, I can't remember. The, it was the guys that have the cute little jingle, and I think they all have cute little jingles. They're like nerdy guys. They're all nerdy guys. <laughs> like every podcast is either tech or murder. Okay, this was a tech one, right? And these okay. guys were talking about, and I have no idea how they got on the topic, but I happened to hear that they were talking about meat substitutions and how you know now they have those. Uh, Vegetable meat. Oh, that episode. So that would be accidental tech. Accidental tech podcast. Okay, ATP. shout out to you guys at the accidental yep. tech podcast. Yeah, accidental tech podcast. And so they were so talking Marco about Arment, John what? Syracuse and Casey Liss. Oh, you even know their names. Oh, these guys are like primo podcasters. They're like well, we'll have to tag them. of the apple crop. Well, they are real. I was very interested in what they were talking about, and I'm not even a techie person, but. They happened to be in this episode for some reason. Well, first they were talking about dog collars, and then they started talking about meat substitutes and how they have this beyond beef thing that's going on. Impossible. Impossible. The impossible whopper. They have all these meat 
so so am I to am I to assume then we're the topic of today is going to be substitution substitutions right out you got it you got it you got it so okay I, I think that because when well, I heard that I actually said out loud to you like that would be a great topic for a, a podcast let's right. talk about the things that we substitute because I think as our health has changed and as our family has changed the dynamic of our lifestyle has changed things that we used to substitute we don't substitute anymore plus things that we thought were not healthy for us we actually found out that they are healthy for us. For example, um, butter. You know, butter was something I never used to use ever. I used that, you know, butter spray or margarine in a tub or like whatever. Like that's what I grew up on. And times have changed, man. Like you got to know your stuff. Butter's not bad for you. We've been lied to. So what kinds of things maybe did, well, for you well, listeners, tell us. Or well, let's go you... back to the meat substitutes because. No, hold on. I wasn't oh. finished. <laughs> listeners, no. go and tell us. You could you could send us a message. Let us know what you used to substitute and maybe how your lifestyle has changed because we would love to know. Uh, you can even come to our Facebook page, 99% Healthy, and drop us a line there and let us know. But we could go on and on about this. Um I have now, so have many thoughts. Had, I have, have you, so many thoughts. Have you had any of the meat substitutes? I have not. And do you yet? want to know why? I have not had any of the meat substitutes. I, I don't know why. I love I love meat. I love beef. My dad was a butcher. Right. I think my dad probably would roll over in his grave right now if he knew that I was having some kind of imitation beef stuff, <laughs> which isn't even real, though. When you look at now, I'm a, this is something I wanted to talk about. I have on my list today. I want to talk about labels and nutrition facts and those kinds of things because I think sometimes people think, oh, it's not meat, so it must be healthy. But if you actually look at what the ingredients are in it, it's like a, a chemical mess. Well, it's, it's, its goals are to provide an alternative to meat. The, some of those products, their goals aren't to be a health product, right? So if we think about what are health alternatives to, let's let's pick on the burger patty, right? Because it's an easy target. Right. Right. Well, for a very long time, there's been various variations of veggie patties, right? Right. We've had them yep. for, oh, yeah. I used to for a decade, yeah. right? Garden burgers. Right. Garden burgers, burgers. Right. So, Boca burgers. Yep. So they've always kind of existed, but their play was a health play, right? And now what you have today, though, is you have people that want to consume less meat for any number of sensibilities, right? So they either are looking at it from a environmental standpoint, climate change, or they're looking at it as um, an overarching desire to get away from animal-based diets. And that's where these new substitutes are coming in. They're coming in at the, we want to make a product that, that, satisfies the difference of the real meat and their goals aren't necessarily exclusively, you know, from a health perspective. So it'd be interested, and I haven't done this yet, and it'd be worth looking up to kind of see what are the health nutrition variations of a direct substitute, right? Because if you're buying that Impossible Whopper and you go compare it to the regular Whopper, what exactly are you trading off? And are those trade-offs, you know, are those the trade-offs you're looking for? Right. Right. I'd argue skip the Whopper completely yeah. and go to the store and either choose the plant-based alternative ground beef or regular ground beef and make your own burger from scratch. Yeah. Fresh. This is what I love about right? you. B bake your own rolls in your own oven with your own flour and your own yeast. It's so it this is why I love you, Bobby. Yes. You're we you love to cook and you always keep us fed and you know even 
pizza, something as simple as pizza. Now, I love a good slice of pizza. We love pizza. We're a pizza family. Our kids love pizza. But Bobby's homemade pizza is the best. No substitutes there. No substitutes. That's good old-fashioned bread flour, yeast. But you do such a good job, and it tastes good, and we appreciate it so much because Mm -hmm. you you make it from scratch, and um, it's – it's right. it's better than the alternative. Well, it's cheaper. Well, scratch scratch cooking is you're controlling your ingredients, yeah. and you tend to be able to use, you know, very straightforward, fresh, natural ingredients, versus what gets made in a in a massive food processing plant where they are using certain other additives. Many of them can be natural themselves, but they're there for the purposes of production, and you know, satisfying other requirements like longevity, shelf life, right, um, stuff like that, transportation you know, considerations. So when you do it yourself, you know, I and let's let that be one of the best substitutions, you know, from an overarching standpoint. Like if you need to substitute, substitute homemade for pre-made. Yeah. But not everybody's got the gift of, and the talent of being able to cook or bake the way that, that you do. Now, you did teach yourself a lot, especially during quarantine. I, yeah. I mean. It was know, experimental. Well, this is, well, this is a good point because this is going to be my next point is, those who who aren't people who cook, um, oftentimes it's been a time thing. They have time demands in their life that prevent them from doing it on a regular basis. But, you know, maybe they can pick something that would be beneficial and they can learn it. So when I started doing some baking at the beginning of the pandemic, yeast was in limited supply. Oh, so, yeah, I so remember I, that. I learned how to make my own sourdough starter, which essentially is creating your own sourdough yeast starter and, you know, natural yeast growing and fermenting. And, and how bad were those first three, oh, they were awful. three or four recipes I made? They were, they were terrible. Terrible, right? It took me, oh, it, it took me at least four or five, um, uh, you know, sourdough starters to get a good sourdough. And believe it or not, it was, I had some better discard recipes making, I think it was like pancakes or biscuits with with sourdough discard. But then to actually use, you know, good sourdough starter, it took me like, it's probably like the fourth or fifth loaf of bread. I don't even bread. know what discard is. Is that right? the stuff that when you're, when you're, you when like you're, split it in half and then you throw yeah, half away? Yeah, when and, you're, but when you you're can growing use it. your yeast and you, yes, that's okay. correct. Wow, it's like science. No wonder you enjoyed that. Right. Right. And even though the from the first batch of bagels I made from the sourdough, yeah, they were like rocks. Oh, they were horrible. So heavy. They were horrible. Right. But what happened with like the third batch? Yeah. They were really good. Yeah. You've you've really got it down to a science yeah. and, and we fortunately have a daughter who loves to bake. So she bakes all of our cakes and anytime we have a birthday or a celebration, she bakes everything from scratch. So we really are blessed in that department because we don't we do not buy a lot of processed foods in our house. We just don't. And I think a lot of times, I even said this today out loud in our kitchen, I don't think we give ourselves enough credit because, you know, we still buy chips every now and then. And we still have some of the, you know, lesser healthy options in our fridge. But for the most part, we are 99% there. And and I think really what it just comes down to is patience. Mm-hmm. You know, it took a lot of patience for you to try those new things and and um, and to figure it out. It took you a while to figure out your, your pizza dough recipe now you've got that perfected even so, the almond milk i started with it as being a substitute for having my cup of cereal because i have a habit of wanting a you know a cup of cereal in the evening and not a good habit i was like hey, you know what let's see if i can cut out the milk and i think it was because we actually ran out of milk it may have been 
and you it, like you so, you just had to do it because and, I, and yeah. it was like oh this is good little, you must have really wanted the vanilla, cereal vanilla flavor on my shredded wheat or something so so yeah so that was how I started my substitute that's awesome so and so other things like I'm thinking back to like you know the 90s and the early 2000s back when like in my dieting days when I did all the diets and when I did Weight Watchers remember we did Weight Watchers remember and and we had to count those points and it was like you would buy the light stuff the light cheese or the reduced fat or that kind of stuff remember you play a game where something had more fiber you get less points yeah yeah so like yeah the OG Weight Watchers yeah it was, it was, yeah, it was probably not healthy. Like you could, you could eat Doritos all day long. And if long as you were under your 20 points for the day, you, that was like your diet. It did not, it was not very balanced at all. Hey, sometimes it's a good method for somebody who needs to find a way to do calorie restriction where, you know, tracking all your meals is more difficult. And let's think about it back then when, when those uh, weight loss plans were popular, they had to find a way to distill the value of a food item because we didn't have what we have today, which is an endless dictionary of food nutrition data at our fingertips on the smartphones. That's right. You know, with all the apps, I mean, you don't even have to know anything. You can scan the barcode and it does it all for you. Yeah. Right. That's a massive advantage today for, you know, kind of keeping track of what you're eating. Yeah. No excuses. Right. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about is labels. I'm a big label reader. And one of the things I am committed to is, you know, keeping food in its 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 purest form uh, when it enters my body. And so I found this ice cream. I found this ice cream. You're, <laughs> he just got a big smile on his face. I found this ice cream. Now, I, I used to be a Breyers fan because I love Breyers because the ingredients were just like cream, sugar, milk, like vanilla flavoring. Uh, that was like the marketing in when Breyers was like their own company back in what, the 90s? Like, like a long time 90s, ago. And 90s. so they've changed. Their recipes have changed. And was Breyers national back then? I don't remember. So Breyers was a ice cream company that – Was it local? I don't remember if it was local, local. I mean, giant Unilever bought them. So like a big conglomerate bought them. Yeah, and the but recipe anyway, changed. But they were famous. Their ads were famous. Like the only ingredients were milk, cream. Sugar. Sh- sugar. And vanilla. Vanilla and, and eggs. Strawberries. Eggs and cocoa. Yeah. Like the most pure vanilla. I mean, the most pure ice cream ingredients out there. Which is crazy because people didn't care back then. Like they were, they didn't care what was in their ice cream. And so being the ice cream snob that I am, I'm always looking for an ice cream that has, you know, doesn't have the, the carrageenan and the guar gum and the cellulose gum and all the ingredient, all the added ingredients. And basically my mantra has been, if you, if you look at the ingredients on any label, not just ice cream, any label, and those are not ingredients that you would buy separately and ingest individually, then you probably shouldn't be eating it. And if you can't pronounce it, you absolutely shouldn't be eating it. So I found this ice cream. I was so excited about it. I posted about it on Facebook and um, I brought it home. And Bobby is a chocolate person. He loves his chocolate ice cream. I'm, I'm a vanilla ice cream person. I brought it home. He tried it and he said, I hope they make a chocolate version of this. And they did. So I went back and got it. And the ingredients are pure. Milk, cream, sugar, cocoa, and uh, well, the vanilla has vanilla yeah. vanilla flavoring in it. Yeah, and I'll put it I'll put it up there in the upper echelons. It was like 
close to like a Hagen Das yeah. quality. But see, even that, even that, those high end brands and stuff, they still have the added stuff in it. So guys, read your labels. If you take anything away from today's right. today's topic, today's episode, read your labels and be conscious, be aware of what you're putting into your body because you, you're not going to get that back. You know, your body is your temple. You got to be careful about what you put in it. And and I'm not saying 100% all the time. We, you know, we all indulge sometimes in stuff. But the cleaner you can be, the better your body is going to function, the healthier you're going to be when germs and infections and viruses come around. You just need to be on your game when it comes to that. And it tastes better. It really does taste better when things aren't processed or from a box. And uh, Bobby, tell me, you know, Real quick, any other substitutes that you can think of? We we touched a little bit on the meat. Um, we used to, you know, I used to buy the reduced fat and the low fat stuff. I don't do that anymore. I found that the full fat stuff is better. Margarine in a tub. Who didn't grow up with like country crock? Or I can't believe it's not butter. All the tubs. Yeah. <laughs> we had all those tubs yeah. in our yeah. Yeah, uh, it was a whole period of my life where like you never saw a stick of butter because like unless it was like very specific holiday recipe type of thing. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. So That's, those. And in that... fact. You know, I'm sure there are spreadable butters, but they're completely changed. They're canola oil based, or they're, yeah. um, you know, they're 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 not what they were back in the day. Uh, I'm trying to think other substitutes. Um, oh my gosh, I used to eat turkey bacon. Like, uh, bacon doesn't come from turkeys. What the heck was I thinking? Yeah, I'm. Bacon is bacon, man. There's no substitute for I, it. I like having bacon, bacon, so I don't try to substitute it. But um, I'll tell you the other substitute I'll do sometimes, which I've which I've had like so. I think it's been mentioned. I like myself a good breakfast sandwich, and I've had um, sheets maple chicken sausage on an egg sandwich. Ew! I mean, I don't mean ew. I just mean ooh. <laughs> Tell me about better that. better than than it sounds. Okay. Yeah. So, so like they all have these sausage alternatives instead of them being like so they're not beef, pork, not pork. They're like chicken based. Yeah, it's chicken, and then so then um, I think Wawa's is is a turkey sausage. Wawa yeah. is a local convenience store yeah. for she, those of you who Wawa. aren't local to us. Yes. Massive uh, uh, battles of who's who's the better one. I don't know. See, I wouldn't. I, to me, it, that screams additives, preservatives. So that's probably not something I would choose. How about an English muffin over a bagel? You, That's a hard one for you. You love your bagels. Uh, I, I bounce back and forth on that. I do. Yeah. I do. I like I like my, my bagels. You know, live up, grew up in the Northeast U.S. I mean, you're in prime high quality New York style bagel country. Yeah. So to go for, you know, the English muffin, it's kind of like a downgrade. Uh, I do love right? an English muffin. So I, I like the I don't dislike the English muffin, let me put it that way. Don't How about the eggs? Me. Remember we went through an egg white phase for a while. So I, I like egg whites. I don't have a problem with egg whites. I do I do like um, having egg whites so that if I want to have you know a whole egg, but I can add bulk to it, I can add some egg white too. A whole egg. Yeah. That's a good addition. Good protein. Um, I substitute and used to substitute um, uh, egg beaters. Yeah. So for scrambled eggs. Yeah. Which are nothing more than carrageen flavored egg whites. Yeah. You're better off having the whole egg though. Yeah. Food from the natural source. Yeah. If your food has ingredients, you're, what I'm going to say is your food should be the ingredients. What's the ingredient of an egg? Right. An egg. Right. What's the ingredient of yeah, you keep know, things as... a carrot? A carrot, you yeah, know. So read your labels. You know, we for prefer sure. I prefer like a natural deli cheese over a processed cheese. Yeah, hard cheeses are better. Um, 
not to say that when it's time to have Velveeta, you know, melted in a bowl for dipping on chip chips. There's a time and a you place have to for have everything. your Velveeta. So one percent of the time. No hating. No hating on on the pasteurized, uh, you know, processed cheese product. Yeah, guys, we're here. We're just like you guys. We like we like the the good stuff too. But we just yeah. One thing I won't substitute though is is there's there's some new sugar free alternatives that don't agree with me. And, and I, why do you I, think they I, don't agree with you? Because they're they're a little more chemically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, so I like pickles. Yeah. But I also like so I like sweet pickles, sweet gherkins, butter and butter pickles. Yeah. I'm not doing, I'm not doing sugar free versions of those. No. Oh, absolutely not. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think I've seen some with Splenda. Yeah. Or other. It's like no, I don't want that. Yeah. Like it's a pickle. Yeah. Come on, I yeah. can deal with with that. So, yeah, I think there's areas where you, you don't need to substitute. I don't have anything else right now off the top of my head. No. no. We did a lot of substituting, you know, in our in our early dating, early marriage days. Air pop popcorn versus. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Popcorn. So our kids did not know what popcorn in a bag was. For quite a while. For a really long time because we always had this air popper. So we always made air pop popcorn as a snack. And the first time they saw popcorn in a microwave bag, they were like, what is that? So and now they love it, of course. And that's one of the things that is a sometimes food that we bring into the house, but we do prefer air popped popcorn. That's a good one. That's yeah, a really good, good, good one. So that. guys, drop us a line and tell us your favorite substitutions. And um, maybe we will reach back to this this topic next week and, and share you know some of the feedback that we got. But I thought this was a good one. This was a good one, especially considering you know the new year. Guess what time of the year it is, Bobby? It's Girl Scout cookie time. Oh, that there's All, no substitute for that. There are no substitutes for Girl Scout Girl Scout cookies. My my Facebook feed is starting to show up. My friends who have Girl Scouts that are starting. And, and if to this share. podcast makes it makes it to anybody who's in charge of choosing what cookies are made, I just want to go on the record and express my massive, massive, massive disappointment at the loss of the s'mores cookie. All right, and I'm not talking about the Jersey s'more ones because they're actually different bakers, but the ones that were in Pennsylvania that were coated in chocolate. And they had a graham, graham cracker center. So it was a graham cracker cookie covered with, I think, a layer of marshmallow and then a layer of chocolate all around it. That was, oh, chef's kiss. That was <laughs> the most amazing. You are very Girl passionate about that, that yeah. s'mores so cookie. So I'm, I'm a little frustrated with the Girl Scout cookie people who, but I who hear, took that one away. I hear there's a new one coming. An advent- I think it's called Adventureful. I, I didn't And look it up yet. Uh, a friend told me about it, so I'm excited to give that one a try. We don't go crazy with the Girl Scout cookies, but we do support our friends who who have Girl Scouts, and uh, you know we always like to support them and give back to them. And and a Girl Scout cookie here and there is not so bad. It's just don't eat the whole sleeve of Thin Mints. Don't eat the whole <laughs> sleeve. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. So, but I love how Girl Scout cookie season rolls around right around the time you know. Just after everybody's kind of gotten in, in a rhythm with their New Year's resolution and they're feeling good again. And then all of a sudden it's like, here, buy a, some Girl Scouts. I think cookies. it's a long season because if you think about the Girl Scouts, they'll so they'll be setting up their tables springtime yeah. in the stores. Yeah. So this is like early edge of the season. Yeah. Well, we love to support the Girl Scouts. Yeah. So if you've got a Girl Scout in your life, shoot us a shoot us a line. We'd be happy to support your girl and her mission to sell cookies or or at least donate to the cause because that is an important mission and one with a lot of history behind it. So with that, guys, 
we are out of here. Thank you again for listening to episode 11. We will be back next week. And uh, go ahead and send us some love. Make sure you're giving us those five-star reviews so that we can continue to grow. Any last thoughts, Bobby? No, I'm, I'm good. You're good? Time to get back to you, football. Yeah, <laughs> you had a lot to say today. All right, guys, thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next week. See ya. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the 99% Healthy Podcast. 